What's good, everyone? Coach Damien here, The Shift Method. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. By the time you're watching this, we're in February. I can't believe it's gone so quick. January usually seems like the longest month, uh, but here we are in February 2023. This is going to be episode number 36. Just a couple quick announcements as always. Hey, we still got those training programs available for you. Again, you know, personal training and online coaching can be quite expensive, so I wanted to make sure I provided someone or something for everyone that is affordable but also has great quality. So if you go to the link in my Instagram bio or in the link that you see in the description, you guys can get custom training templates for four different goals. Again, those are $80 for eight weeks of custom training. Again, a little bit more affordable, a little more accessible for people. If you want to have some coaching from the shift method, as always, we still have merchandise. We still have a bunch of stuff on the store. So be sure to check all that out in the description below. And last little update, if you want to see some cool stuff that is going on in my life and with the shift method, we have a newsletter. This started in the beginning of the year, comes out every other week. So if you'd like to check that out, head to the shiftmethod.org and you can just put your email in and you will get those every other week. But enough about me. All right. We got on another guest. We had him on back way in episode six. This is September of 2020 coming up on three years here. And the man doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to let him talk about himself a little bit here because he's an amazing mentor of mine, a really good friend, and just an overall awesome human being, and that is Lucas Woody. Lucas, can you introduce yourself to the people for me? Oh, why would I want to bore everybody with that stuff? No, thank <laughs> you so much. You're, you're too kind, Damien. Um, uh, boy, Lucas Woody, based out of Lafayette, Indiana, but I've never tend to find myself there. I'm all over the place, hence why I'm sitting in a ski lodge uh, up in Michigan right now uh, with some, I told Damien, some some mower headphones because I forgot mine. And so my brother-in-law who owns a landscaping business is like, I think I got some under my truck seat. So <laughs> here we are with some spotty Wi-Fi and some mower headphones making it work from across the way. But um, about me, a performance coach, that's what I focus on, getting you from where you are to where you want to be and trying to give you some space direction and motivation to do it. Uh, found myself right now doing that a lot in the form of sports performance, athletic performance at a high school in Lafayette, Indiana, McCutcheon High School. And then I'm also owning my own company, Next Better, where we focus on helping individuals, helping organizations, especially small ones who are growing exponentially, but maybe don't know which direction that is that they are growing to kind of figure out what's the next step, where do they want to go, how do I make sure my team is uh, speaking the same language and, and moving in the same direction. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yes, sir. And yeah, like I mentioned, I, we won't go too much into it because there's an entire episode on this that I'll link episode six, where Lucas kind of goes in the ins and outs of his philosophy, his coaching, you know, ideas and methods. Um, the one thing I really liked about working with Lucas as a mentor and still as a friend is yes, he has great knowledge from the strength and conditioning side, which is going to be our main conversation today, but also kind of that those intangibles, those personalized skills of being a coach, which can go to any dimension, not just fitness. It can be life, relationships, business, you name it. These are principles that have carryover across all spectrums. So really, really great, insightful person to, to learn from. Um, and we're going to get into some of his coaching philosophy, like you mentioned, how he works with McCutcheon High School here in a second. Now, Lucas, I know we, we've done, a, done a, a deep dive into your fitness background, but just in case you were like, I ain't going to watch that second podcast, you know, I just want to watch the one right here. Can you do just a brief background of how you yourself got into fitness and ultimately into the profession? Sure, I'll give you the, the 30,000 foot 
30-second view. Um, Purdue University went for wildlife biology because I love being outside, I love animals. Met my wife there, so it wasn't a complete waste of time. But as I tell my um, Purdue students, because I forgot to mention, I teach entrepreneurship at Purdue as well. Um, I tell them your degree does not define you, so don't get locked into that belief assumption. So at the end of that all, I was really into fitness and wellness. So I took some PE classes, liked it, went and got a job at a gym to A, have a free membership and B, see if this world is right for me. Grew up in the ranks of that gym from director of membership services to director of fitness, running a, a quarter of a million dollar department in personal training. Um, and then up to the director of operations, thought I could do it better. So I went and started my own business out of my garage, just like Amazon and Rogue Fitness and Maglite and Harley Davidson and half a dozen other companies that get started in a garage. Um, and then just kind of kept going from there. Oh, I had, I was getting my master's while I was doing the job at the, the health club. Um, so I was working full time and then got my master's in kinesiology um, from A.T. Still University, which is the first osteopathic medicine uh, school in the nation. Um, got that, got um, my sports massage therapy degree or diploma as well um, when I was running my business out of my garage and then started a brick and mortar and then yada, yada, yada. So um, during that time, I was um, helping part time with McCutcheon High School Athletics and trying to help them with programming and, and working with their clients because it was kind of for me at that time, it was a feeder system for my business, um, but then it turned into a lot more. And so when an opportunity came up, I shut down my brick and mortar business and they're like, hey, our guy of, you know, 18, 20 years is, is leaving. He's retiring. Do you want to you know, maybe take this opportunity? And I said, yeah, sure. This is kind of a good spot of my life. I have a four-year-old now. So when he gets into school, having summers off is um, very enticing. Yeah. Uh, they won't be off. They won't be off. You know me. Yeah. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of stuff. It just won't be uh, school nine to five stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of how I got to where I am from where I was. Um, a lot of um, school was a part of it, but as we've talked about before, you know, your degree does not define you. And um, if you're, if you don't have that ache to want to learn about it yourself, it doesn't matter how many pieces have, you're going to get burnt out and, and quit pretty quickly because you need to be your own strongest critic and your own best teacher. So. Yeah. 1000% yeah. sir. And I, I can't harp enough. I always talk about when, when I speak with fitness professionals, having that entrepreneurial background, even if that you're someone who, you know, I know everyone isn't, some people are more risk sensitive. Some people maybe aren't as creative as others, but even having just a little bit of background in entrepreneurship in the fitness space is critical, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're a physical therapist, a strength and conditioning coach, especially if you own your own fitness business, whatever it is, having that kind of entrepreneurial background is going to be critical. You learn how to build relationships, you know, you learn how to have multiple revenue streams, how to think critically in a, in a dynamic setting. Cause you know, the industry is always changing, whether it's with COVID, whether it's with online mod modules that are coming in. So having that entrepreneurial background, I always tell students and, and people who are looking to get into the industry, you got to have something in it. So it's always a testament to you that it is very beneficial to get into that some way, somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I apologize. We cut in and out just a little bit, but I think I got the sentiment of what you're trying to say, which is having that understanding of how to run a business is... Yes. is very vital to actually <laughs> running a business because yeah. there's a very big difference between owning your job and your job owning you. And um, that's very different than owning a business itself. So 
you know, owning a business is very different than having a job that also happens to be in your business. And, and so you have to decide, I think, maybe a business I'm going to run, I'm going to, but I'm going to run it like it's a personal training job. And then, you know, three or four years down the line, be like, okay, I want this to be a, a full-fledged business instead of a, um, just a job where I get paid, if that makes sense. 100%. Add that to yeah. the, the great quotes of Lucas Woody, right? Are you running your job or is your job running you or business rather? Right. I, I love that. Well, yeah, very, absolutely. Good, very good. So now that people have a little bit of background, hopefully again, I'll have that link to our very first conversation back in 2020, but now we at least know a little bit about Lucas. I want to kind of transition into talking about your current role in McCutcheon high school. So I heard you mention about the, the coach at the time who was working there for about two decades. He, he had his time, he retired and you got to step in. How did you initially make that relationship with the high school? Did they, did you know someone there? Like how, how did that story happen? Sure. Uh, um, so I'll tell that story and then the general principle of kind of that of, of networking in general, right? Cause a lot of people get really, really nervous about networking, um, about asking for favors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in a nutshell for that specific topic, I was talking to a guy about, um, taxes for a business. I wanted to start a business. Um, this guy was a friend of one of my best friends, um, a guy that I'm doing a 30 hour adventure race, uh, this summer. That's a whole other story for a whole nother podcast, maybe one day, but, um, he's like, Hey, I got a tax guy. If you want to talk more about starting business and, and what that looks like, I can talk to you. He can talk to you. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went and talked to him. I'm a yes man. If you don't know, which is why I'm here on this podcast more because I just like you and I appreciate what you do, but um, I say yes to a lot of different things. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but <laughs> the, I, I said, yes, let's talk to him. And so I went and, and chatted with him and he liked my philosophy. I was just very open, very honest. I was who I was. Um, and, you know, he's like, Hey, well, I know that the athletic trainer in McCutcheon high school is looking for a guy to do kind of a part-time after school weights role and he doesn't want to it used to be a babysitter role back when mm. we lost the stipends in 2008 when the when the economy turned we lost all the stipends for doing stuff like after school weights and when they brought them back they're like hey i'd like to do something a little bit more meaningful with that with the money and so i was like well i'm starting a business i i would like to work with athletes maybe i don't know um and so i was like yeah sure i'll do it good connection you know and then seven years later he's like hey we got a job open but a big part of that to an opportunity it was being open with myself and honest. It was, um, it was connecting with the athletic director uh, on a multitude of levels. So we talk a lot about culture and, and, and philosophy and, and building the right sort of ecosystem instead of just, you know, Hey, how many sets and reps? Because uh, as you and I both know, that stuff is very important. You have to have competence in your degree and your ability, but that's not where I truly shine. That's not, that's, you know, if you come to me and say like, Hey, let's talk about the best program for sprinting. I'm like, yeah, no, let's, let's talk about how to build an organization where people want to be a part of it. And by yeah. the way, we also teach sprinting, right? Yes. So, so we had, we connected there on that. And then when the job opened up, it, it became what it was, but I think a, the bigger picture lesson there for me is, you know, never say, never be afraid to ask um, for opportunities or for failures or for opportunities and for favors, not failures. Um, because in any, any relationship that you're building, somebody has to go first, right? Mm. So I, I, I think back to this parable that, um, or this, this 
concept when you're trying to build relationships with you know anybody you think about like your neighborhood right you're going you want to build a connection with your neighbor right but you can't just go up to your neighbor and be like hey can i offer to do you a favor right that's that's awkward right yeah, like hey yeah. can i offer to 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 you know whatever mow your lawn because you know they're gonna say no i'm good but but if you really truly want to build a relationship with somebody one of the best things you can do is ask a favor because what happens is you have built you have created societal um uh rapport with that person you've, mm. you've created this um, basically this debt that you are, they're trusting you by saying, yes, I will do this favor. I'll let you borrow my shovel. Right. Um, and then by doing that, you owe them something. And now one of the easiest things you can do is use that shovel and return it back better than you found it, right. Wash it off, make it look a little nicer. And now you've, you've created trust. Hey, yeah. you allowed me to borrow your shovel. I'm going to give you your shovel back in return. And we have created a very, very small, but very significant, uh agreement that we have fulfilled now your neighbor has the opportunity to ask a favor of you because you asked a favor of them they they did it they returned everybody was okay with it it was kosher now the door is open for that exchange right yeah so taking take a case in point me and you we never would have met if i hadn't literally all all i did was i googled uh internships uh and clinical uh, observations or something like that for Purdue University, right? And at first I met the Dean of the health and sciences place that might be, that maybe was a little too high of a, <laughs> of a person. He, he had, he has no role whatsoever <laughs> in, in putting people in clinical observations. Uh, but then I met, I talked to Cassie and Lane, hero at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cassie's like, yeah, sure. We'll meet. And what I did was I offered a site for them to put in interns right they they're always looking for places to go and people to do um and literally you know and here we are now i still have interns that come to me from mccutcheon through cassie um i had you know you and a lot of other great people throughout human movements uh, days and all of that started simply because i reached out and i said hey can can we set up a connection a time to talk same thing with ryan uh with um McCutcheon, but it, it really, so for the listeners, you know, it, it really just comes down to reaching out to people and asking, Hey, can we start something? You got to give value back. There's no, you can't just, yeah. can't just ask, ask, ask and not be willing to give, but um, somebody has got to take that first step, you know? Absolutely. I, I like two things from that. One is, is something I've talked about ad nauseum here, but it, it needs to be said as always, because the great thing is, you know, the worst thing someone can tell you is no. I mean, could they cuss you out? Sure. But then that's like, you know, that's a good, that's a good story for later with your friends. But yeah, the worst thing they could say is no. And like, at least maybe even if someone says no to you, maybe the seed has been planted and they can refer someone else to you. If they know, like, Hey, I, you know, I really didn't want to work with you, Damien, my time, resources, et cetera. But I remember you asked me and you were very kind and polite. My friend, so-and-so maybe could work with you. And so even a no can turn to a yes for someone else. So you just have to ask and maybe people are shy and maybe people are thinking they'll take the first step first. And so there's that back and forth of like, you're waiting for someone else, like, like a date, like, right. Like if they like me, they're going to say something to me. And if both people think that nothing is ever going to happen. So definitely taking that first little, little leap is, is going to be crucial for, for this side of the industry. Absolutely. And I call that too, at a, at a higher level in business, I call that Kevin Costner syndrome, right? Cause um, 
that idea of if I build it, they will come, right? If you're a mm -hmm. business owner and you, you start this business and you're like, okay, I'm going to sit back and watch people come flocking because I have what they need. Never. Yeah. <laughs> it will yeah. never happen. Right. So, um, so you have to, you have to get your name out there and, and let people know who you are and, and what you can do and that you're willing to help them out in some way. Now there's, there's repercussions to that. You also can't give everything away for free, but of course. Um, if you have good value and you're willing to give that it usually comes back to you. Yes. And the second thing I really like, which I've actually never really thought about this perspective is that example you use with the neighbor and the shovel where, you know, oftentimes I think, let me provide value first. And for some people, again, that might be like a comfort thing where they're like, I don't want to owe this guy something. And he's like being nice to me. And like, is that genuine? Right. You know, there's, there's, there's weirdos out there. And so people are like, no, don't touch my lawn, my guy. But if you lean on people's good or nature, which, you know, there are definitely narcissists and, and weird people out there, but on average, most people, neighbors, they want to help each other out to some extent. So instead of you offering something, maybe ask them first and then you have to give back to them. So like that example where it's like, you know, let's say in a business endeavor, right? You're a trainer and you have a friend and a potential client who is a, you know, a financial advisor, like, Instead of asking them first, hey, can I train you? And then it starts that, that weird dynamic where they're like, I don't want to, I'm good. Maybe instead you say, hey, I, I would like some help with my business for some financial advice. Would you mind if I schedule a consultation with you to help out? The barriers come down. You're going to them. They can start working on their craft with you. And then before you know it, they're asking you, hey, you know, it was really great working with you, Damien. Can, do you still have some spots open for training? I'd like to work with you. So I never really thought about it from from the flip side like that. Saying go to your neighbor and ask to borrow their truck for the week, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to yeah. be a huge endeavor, but something small because because it's so much easier for you at that point to give back and it gives them the opportunity to ask for something. Yeah. But if you're just offering something to them, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it feels like. They don't know what it sounds like. They, they're uncomfortable. They're scared, especially in the fitness world or the athletic performance world where you know, people are uncomfortable to say that they need help. They're uncomfortable to um, ask for help. They're they're not sure if you or exactly what they need. Yeah, that's a huge. Like people don't realize from somebody for somebody who doesn't know you, that's a huge leap to go from I don't know you to, to you and your your skill set. So, you know, something like you said, like can I set a schedule a consultation to talk about it? Now the other thing too is that they get the opportunity to give. So you're giving them an opportunity to provide something. Right. And so yes. now they feel good because it's their expertise, it's their focus. And then they can come back and, and provide for you. Or you can come back and say, Hey, what to help you? I feel like I, I could really use your help. And then they're almost like, Well, yeah, I should give him an opportunity to, you know, because I helped out. And it's small, but it, it it snowballs so quickly. Absolutely. Right. And the first step has been been bridged, which is that desire to to help each other. One hundred percent, sir. Look at that little entrepreneurial lesson one-on-one i love it i love it but um right I to... that's how i do to to get away from talking about fitness all the time <laughs> but we're not going to get how away do you start your fitness we're not going to get oh no no, no I, do. I definitely want to help i want to help i want to yes, talk sir. let's talk about it. yes sir so shifting gears a little bit now i want to talk about your experience as a coach with mccutcheon high school I know you've kind of talked about in the past about your fitness philosophy. I want to kind of go into strength and conditioning specifically because I know you work with youth athletes at this high school. So would you say that you have like a strength and conditioning philosophy and do you differentiate that between youth and adults? Like if you're working with a, a pro or a collegiate athlete, 
versus working with a high school or a middle schooler? Like, do you make differentiations there in your philosophy or approach? Um, so, so I think it's really important for, for every professional, regardless of if it's in fitness or wellness or, or engineering or whatever, to, to understand the difference between your own philosophy and the, the approach that you take and what you do, right? So, so we've talked a little bit about this before, having what I call a purpose statement. Simon Sinek's mm-hmm. Find Your Why is a really powerful resource I use a lot. But so, so my philosophy is and always will be I help you find the space, direction, and motivation to pursue their, or improve their entire well-being so that they can live fulfilling lives, right? Like that's, that's what I do and mm-hmm. what endeavor I do it in can be different. So in regards to how I approach people with my philosophy, no, that doesn't change it. And it, and it shouldn't, you shouldn't have any negotiables when it comes to living your philosophy. Cause as soon as you deviate from that, you're lacking integrity and people find that out in a lot of different ways. You're either mm-hmm. unfulfilled with what you're doing. You don't feel like you're genuine. You don't give as much as you could. And so I don't, I don't deviate from that. I'm always trying to give people space, direction, and motivation to improve their entire well-being. Now, that being said, the approach can be very, very different because what you really are asking is, is how do you approach the different types of needs from different mm-hmm. populations? So one of the populations that you talked about, which was the athletic, um, the athlete, like the high level, collegiate level athletic uh, world, those people, what they need is to like do a job so that they can make a paycheck, which yep. for some of them, it might be college. So it's a sponsor. It's a, that's a um, scholarship or, you know, whatever, or they have higher level aspirations. So, so the way that I'm going to approach that is very different because what they need is a little bit more intensity. They need a little bit more focus. They need a little bit more specialization because they have very high level aspirations for a high schooler. And this is one of the reasons I, I stayed at the high school level, high schoolers need to be guided to better understand why they do sports and why they make decisions and why they, um, why, why, what path they might need to take as they traverse this thing called life, a very susceptible um, and um, impressionable age, right? So, so that's going to be a very, very different approach because like, for instance, I have high schoolers that come to me all the time and talk about things like, you know, Hey, can I sit today out? Because my, um, one of my family members just went into relapse and I'm, you know, I had to watch, right? Like, like that has nothing to do with sports, but it has everything to do with helping somebody improve their well-being. And so I'm going to take the time to have that conversation, whereas maybe in a collegiate level, um, and I'm still not necessarily a therapist, so I'm not going to try to try to fix them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's not, people don't need fix, but I am going to help them understand that I care and help them understand how health and wellness could benefit the stresses that they're going through. Um, but at a collegiate level, we're probably not even going to have that conversation because they've had it with other people and they understand like, like when they come to the the workout space, you know, this is our job. We got a job to do. Now, if you look at societal progression as, as we're seeing it, we're seeing a lot of um, tendencies for people to be less mature emotionally as we come up. So it will come a time where college level athletes are bleeding those things out on the table and, and they have to be addressed. But overall see that type of stuff less so for me it's the approach of figuring out what that person needs 
to focus on their entire well-being. And when I say well-being, I'm talking about all eight dimensions of wellness. We've had that conversation before. If the listeners don't know about it, there's a concept called eight dimensions of wellness, and I fully believe in it. And, um, and physical wellness is just one of those dimensions. So for a collegiate level athlete, it's all in on that physical wellness. Um, for some of those other individuals, we're probably probably helping them in other capacities. So that's that's probably the difference difference in my yeah absolutely sir no absolutely that is that is vital importance to have that that difference and I really I really like that distinction because I feel at the you know the high school level it could be even younger at the middle school elementary level you know coaches have the opportunity to be extraordinarily impressionable on young you know young adults almost in high school Obviously, at the collegiate level and the professional level, you know, you can have coaches that make large impacts in people's lives and build bonds and great relationships. But, you know, people in high school are at a pivotal point in their life where they're really trying to solidify their identity. They're trying to, you know, learn about themselves. They're trying to form really good habits that's going to last them, hopefully, for the rest of their either, you know, sports life or for their life period. And so I really like that you focus on not just the physical aspect, but also those dimensions to make them better athletes and better people overall so that that is really really cool that you take the time to emphasize that with them yeah absolutely yeah and, and what it really boils down to is, is is you know in collegiate high school they're easy to differentiate so that's why i'm focusing on them like you said there's a multitude of levels of athletic performance but the collegiate level and the high school level they're there for very different jobs right there's five percent at the high school level that will continue to go on to do high school or college level activity so you know only a few select ones are, are there for that purpose everybody else is there for do the, the nuances of the strength conditioning parts but to be perfectly honest people who are very excited about that they can go and they can, they can kind of find that on their own like yeah. how do you yeah, specialize yeah. and differentiate the programming for a collegiate level athlete versus a, a i mean that stuff's out there right Absolutely. Now, going into, you know, your athletes specifically, remind me, do you work with all athletes across all sports or are you specialized in one area at this high school? Yeah, so so I I am responsible for um, the athletic performance classes at the high school. So I am technically considered a teacher. In fact, I'm going through my transition to teaching license right now, which is a two year program for more school. Um, so I'm I'm when it comes to those. So having athletes in with, you know, just general students who might be taking the class for a credit or just for an extracurricular. Do you have any specific goals for your student athletes or for I imagine for the general students, it's like you said, those eight dimensions of wellness, making sure they're healthy, they're happy, they're doing great things. Do you have any specific goals for those student athletes as they as they're working through their sport? Yeah. So one of the challenges that we you'll see with business in general or any sort of um, um, focused endeavor is if you're trying to help everyone, you're not helping anyone, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to businesses, like you, like your business, right? You have to have, I don't like to call it a niche because that gets a little too buzzwordy, but like you have to have some sort of focus. Yeah, right? yeah. If you tell people, hey, I do this thing, but then I also change your tires on the car, <laughs> right? Like people are going to get mixed signals. So um, with our weights class, we, we have, we're trying to focus on 
getting to a place where they understand like we're here to be serious about our training and so that that can happen in a lot of different ways and every school is a little different so you have to you know do what you can uh in the parameters you find yourself but for us what that's going to mean is a setting up and developing a culture where it's just understood like you come in here to work that's how we do it yeah to, to play around we're not here to goof off we have what we call above the line and below and they can, they can kind of find that on their own like yeah how do you yeah, specialize yeah. and differentiate the programming for a collegiate level athlete versus a uh, i mean that stuff out there right absolutely now going into you know your athlete specifically remind me do you work with all athletes across all sports or are you specialized in one area at this high school yeah so so i i am responsible for um the athletic performance classes at the high school. So I am technically considered a teacher. In fact, I'm going through my transition to teaching license right now, which is a two-year program, so more school. Um, so I'm I'm considered a teacher at the high school. I'm teaching classes and any program can take that class. Um, at our class, at our school it's called weights because right. it's you know it's old school and it's hard to change <laughs> class name. Uh, so um, but yeah, so I'm I'm you know we will have a football player right next to a volleyball player soccer player right next to a non-athlete to be honest um so that comes with its own yeah yeah uh, challenges in terms of how do you approach these different individuals and make sure that they're motivated to want to show up and perform when some kids are there to just goof off and some kids are there to actually um to focus and and, and get better maybe have college aspirations yeah that can be very very challenging no absolutely now when it comes to those so having athletes in with you know just general students who might be taking the class for a credit or just for an extracurricular do you have any specific goals for your student athletes or for i imagine for the general students it's like you said those eight dimensions of wellness making sure they're healthy they're happy they're doing great things do you have any specific goals for those student athletes as they're, as they're working through their sport yeah so one of the challenges that we you'll see with business in general or any sort of um um focused endeavor is if you're trying to help everyone you're not helping anyone right so when it comes to businesses like you like your business right you have to have i don't like to call it a niche because that gets a little too buzzwordy but like you have to have some sort of focus yeah right? yeah if you tell people hey i do this thing but then i also change your tires on the car <laughs> right like people are going to get mixed signals so um with our weights class we we have to focus on on something right we're an elective class or elective course and not required for their graduation so we have the liberty of focusing a little bit more on um what we want to focus on instead of fixing like we still have standards we have to abide by but of course we don't have to necessarily focus on those things they need in order to graduate so we we have designed our course and our program to be athletic performance based so if you're in this course whether you're an athlete or not you're going to be treated as such and you're going to be training as such and so um there are students who and and don't get me wrong this is our first year second semester right so so these i can't in 36 where we talk about how different um our program has come since you know we first started it but the in essence our goal is to get to a place where people understand when they're in this course they are focused on trying to you guys need something we're trying to focus sorry i had to talk to my um no members, but we're trying to focus on 
getting to a place where they understand like we're here to be serious about our training and so that that can happen in a lot of different ways every school is a little different so you have to you know do with what you can uh in the parameters you find yourself but for us what that's going to mean is a setting up and developing a culture where it's just understood like you come in here to work that's how we do it yeah to play around we're not here to goof off we have what we call above the line and below the line um, 